Welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast. It's episode three. We've had a couple of weeks off because, to be honest, we didn't really fancy the tournaments. But we're back for the Players' Championship. They call it the fifth major. Of course, you can't have five majors. But it is an absolute treat of a tournament. Always is. Loaded. I think it's 48 of the top 50 in the world rankings. And even better than that, I have on the line none other than Barry O'Hanrahan from A Good Talk Sport to talk through the Players' Championship. How are you, Barry? I'm good. Thanks, Steve. Thanks for having me on. Fun to be oh, back. It's always, a, it's always a pleasure, mate. Always a pleasure. You're, you're a resident. What, what, what are your abiding memories of the Players' Championship? Um, in, in recent history, was... Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sweating Ricky Fowler. Um <laughs> after that massive charge, I've written him off after day three, and <laughs> then hovering my finger over the um, delay button on Betfair uh, as he went into the playoff, and just said "fuck it." <laughs> so <laughs> that was that was a particularly satisfying win. Um, that 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 was funny, wasn't it? Because uh, they they it was him and Poulter, the most overrated players of their generation. Yeah, it, it was, and, and you and you can still say the same thing about Ian Poulter potentially, but uh, certainly not Ricky. Yeah, let's not waste time on Poulter this week. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that was that was a, in in recent memory that was particularly enjoyable and particularly exciting for me. Um, it does matter more when there's money on it, so that was very very entertaining. Um, do you know, just the usual stuff with the players. You know, it's the seventeenth, the fun, the drama, um, balls going in the water. It's 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 got that kind of vibe about it like we have with Augusta every year and that you're very familiar with the golf course and that helps your viewing experience because you know what's coming up next or you you know you're very familiar with what's coming up what is coming up next for the players and what they're having to go through to get the tournament done or you know finish as high as possible so i, I think in that you know that's one of the great things about the players it makes it a little bit special it's the same course year in year out although this year it's not quite the same course Talking about balls in the water, that's a perfect lead-in, Barry. Because uh, golfbettingsystem.co.uk, um, you can follow me at Bamford Golf. You can follow Barry at A Good Talk Golf, is it? Yep. Your Twitter handle? Yep. Yeah. We've got a competition at Golf Betting System where it's the TPC Sawgrass competition. Betfred are sponsoring it for the fifth year in a row. And um, it's effectively all about the island hole, the 17th. And you basically have to guess how many balls go in the water across the tournament this week. Uh, There's also a tiebreaker on there. And Betfred are giving away a very juicy £100 or currency equivalent of free bets for the winner. So always a popular competition. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk uh, just come and read my uh, come and read my betting preview, which was literally released. We're recording this uh, uh, Monday tea time over in the UK. Um, you can just read my full preview, and we've got a, a link through to the pre uh, to the competition. And of course, uh, I always say this at this point: our Facebook group. Uh, just search for uh, Golf Betting System on Facebook, and you will come across us. Uh, it's coming up to about 3,300 punters now, and we just talk crazily about all forms of golf and golf betting, so get yourself along to that. 
It's true what you say, Barry. Uh, there have been some course alterations to the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, they're not huge changes. Um, I'll take you through the, the main ones quickly and then we can just start nattering about who we're going to back. Uh, seven of the putting or seven of the green complexes have been made uh, larger. That's because effectively um, it's a public golf course and the greens were getting very, very tired with the amount of play that they received, so they've put more pin positions into the greens. Uh, they've been changed from a very strange mini Verdi Bermuda grass that was overseeded to pure Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass greens, which are becoming more and more commonplace now. Um, basically, it's hardier grass and it can cope with um, higher temperatures and also lower temperatures over the over the winter. So it's a real hardy grass. Lots of uh, players prefer Tiff Eagle to the Mini Verdi that they had previously. So that might change the dynamics for a few players. We can talk about that in some detail. And they've actually made the course shorter. Now, in this day and age of making courses as long as they can, it's interesting that they've put in a new design. Now, the PGA Tour are actually based on the course here at TPC Sawgrass, and they've got a design facility. And they've come up with some changes to the golf course. So they've added yet more water. So I think between the 6th and the 7th hole, where there used to be a spectator mound, they've now cleared that and they've built a huge lake. So the, both the drives on the 6th and the 7th have water in the eye line just to add even more difficulty to the golf course. And what they've also done is on the 12th hole, they've now made that a very attractive-looking part of drivable par four and that's again is going to change one of the dynamics of this golf tournament it has to aid scoring i think i think it's going to make scoring slightly lower again um, and it's one of these drivable par fours where the design of it is um has been made so even the short hitters are going to be really really tempted to go for it because they've made the layup very very difficult and not a lot of advantage to any kind of layup because it's going to be very uneven the fairway um, and they built a raised green. It's also got a runoff area down to some water. They say that they built it with the 15th Augusta in mind. Now, the water isn't to the front of the green, but it's to the side, but it's certainly got that dynamic to it. I think it's, from memory, um, I think it's 300. I'm desperately looking through my paperwork here. Yeah, it's 302 yards, where before it was 358 yards. So what they've tried to do with these changes, they've tried to make the course, and there have been complaints over recent seasons where it's a bit, what's the word? It's every player kind of has to play all of the holes in the same way. Um, you know, they lay up to a certain point in the fairway, they then go at wedges, and the course has become very kind of robotic in a way, where what they try to do with the 12th is make it drivable and add a little bit more variety to the course and also add... Um, a little bit more um, excitement to the golf course as well. So those are the main changes. Is there anything else that you've come across, Barry, that, that that's worth noting for listeners? I, I think you've pretty much nailed it on there, Steve. I'm, I'm looking forward to that uh, 12 drivable par 4s are just so much fun. They they really are. You see, you see the focus of it, like in Riviera every year. Um, yeah, great addition to the course. Well done, them. Uh, can't wait for it. Just be a nice little... Um, Nice little thing before the finishing stretch of the finishing six hole stretch. 
Oh, absolutely. So th- I think that's going to become, uh, you know, over the, over time, that's going to be one of the holes that we all remember as just as much as the 17th. And the 18th's a tough, tough, tough closing hole as well with the water all down the side of the hole. But like you said earlier, you know, it, it's a great tournament because we remember the course and we know that in general they're a very, they are very, very close finishes around here. Um, okay, bookmakers. Let's talk, talk bookmakers for the uh, for the week. It has to be said. I'm 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 very positive to report that there have been a lot. There's a lot of uh, good deals out there this week. Um, if you're looking for extended places, uh, Paddy Power are the best. They've gone eight places each way at a fifty odds. Uh, Coral have gone seven places each way at a fifty odds. Um, but I have to say, in my mind, and looking at the prices that are on offer right now, Skybet, for me, are the best bookmaker offering for the week. They've got some really strong prices. They've gone seven places each way. But, crucially, they've gone a quarter the odds. So they're sticking with the traditional quarter odds, Skybet. If you go to golfbettingsystem.co.uk, look at our predictor model for the week. We've got a free stats model. We're, uh, we're listing all Skybet prices on there. We've also got a link through from my, um, from my uh, golf preview right through to a, a, the current Skybet deal, which is bet five and get £20 or euros of free bets. But seven places each way, an outstanding offer, a full quarter odds with Skybet. There is actually no one going five places each way. Everyone's at least added a place this week. So there's a lot of each way value to be had, which can't be a bad thing. Okay, where should we start, Barry? Let's start nattering about some players, shall we? What, what do you think uh, are the key facets that a player needs? And what kind of trends have you looked at in terms of likely winners this week? Uh, I put a picture of all the players on the wall and started throwing blindfolded darts. Uh, <laughs> not, you're, you're better than that. No, no not quite. Uh, I did it with my eyes open. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm always when it comes to the players. I've always looked for guys who are very good at their irons. Um, you know, you want to be hitting those greens in regulation to give yourself putts. I know they've, let's say, grown a few of the greens in size, but yeah. in in general terms, if you hit the greens here at Sawgrass, you have you have a birdie look, um, not unmakeable. And the way the greens are set, that if you hit them into the right part of the greens, you have a really good chance at a birdie. Um, it's it seems that they've set up the course in the last couple of years to reward aggression a little bit more. Um, you saw yeah. like the the sheer volume of birdies that Ricky Fowler and Jason Day made. So um, it, it seems like they're kind of embracing that. Um, and kind of making a little bit more risk reward, so you can you're, you you'll make a lot of bogeys as well, but the opportunity to score is there. So guys who are particularly aggressive and accurate with their irons um, will be very high on my radar, and um, and and certainly streaky guys as well who aren't afraid to you know bomb up, you know pile a whole load of birdies together. Uh, they, they'll be up on my list. So um, you know, I think your aggressive, aggressive kind of players like a Brooks Kepka or a John Ram, I think, is going to go well again this week. He just his his hot run doesn't seem to look like it's going to end at all. Um, it's kind of like it a, a, a to, Dustin Johnson it, the second almost. Well, it used to be the kind of course that I'd classify as plod. You know, plodders always used to prosper. 
So Tim Clark, 2010. KJ Choi, 2011. Matt Kuchar, 2012. Accurate types, small, small hitters. And like you said, it was a case of minimising mistakes effectively. Even Jim Furyk almost won a couple of years ago, didn't he? The year that Keimer won. Um, but you're absolutely right. I think there's been a, a, a step change of late. And you could almost go back to 2014 when Keimer won because Keimer... Um, he, he banged it 290, uh, so average. Uh, that was top 20 driving distance. Um, Ricky Fowler was 296 in 2015 when he won. That was 11th for driving distance. And Jason Day topped the charts last year, 311 yards first for driving distance. And as you said, I think uh, the last couple of years there's been a lot more birdies, um, I think both Ricky and Jason were kind of around the 30-31% mark when it came to birdie conversion. So yes, they, there were a few more bogeys on their card, but there were a lot more birdies. And that risk-reward factor is clearly something, like you said, that the organisers have got their heads around, especially with this new 12-hole. So for me, rather than going down the route of accurate-type shorter hitters, I'm actually going, similar to you, I think... Ball striking here is vital. The greens are small. Yes, they, they've enlarged them. We don't know the official number yet, but you know the old course configuration, these were some of the smallest greens right sort of down there with Pebble Beach. Um, they're not going to be that much bigger. So you've got to give yourself birdie opportunities. I don't think you've got to be able to hit the ball particularly close. There's a mixture. I mean, Jason Day was 47th for proximity to hole last last year but he did hit a lot of greens and as we know Jason Day is a phenomenal putter he was also able to putt um, last year yeah exactly and it was all it, uh, to be fair last year's tournament Barry was all a bit of a mismatch wasn't it because I think the organisers knew that the greens were just about finished so during the build up to the tournament all of the players were saying oh my god he's playing so firm so fast it's going to be really difficult then all, all of a sudden Wednesday night they went out there with like fire hoses and just drenched the golf course they came back Thursday morning and the players were like, my God, the greens are so receptive. What have they done? And so the first two days it played really soft and then they didn't water the course at all. And by Saturday, it was absolutely lightning fast. So it was really a tournament of two halves last year. I don't kind of see that this year. All I will say is these Tiff Eagle greens that they've replanted and what tends to happen with all of this we, we see greens replanted on these courses. The first year, they don't tend to be very receptive. So you may find that the greens in regulation numbers are, are potentially quite low this year. There is, again, um, there's the typical TP sawgrass, 15 to 20 mile an hour winds throughout the tournament. So it's going to be challenging. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I haven't got so hung up on accuracy this year in terms of fairways. At the end of the day, if they can hit 60... 60-odd percent of fairways, and they've done that in the past. I'm quite happy with that. So that, that's where I'm heading. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed another trend with this. It's, it's funny. If you look at the, the history of the winners of this tournament since it moved to its current spot, which is after Augusta, so the May spot, I think I noted that there are only um, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods, and Jason Day who have won tournaments prior to winning this. Now, that's interesting. Jason Day and Tiger Woods were both reigning world number one at that point. So you think, oh, Dustin Johnson could be a shout this week. And yes, he certainly could. 
and and then so you've got those kind of three winners. They were t- you know obviously Mickelson, Lefty, and Jason Day, the three top of the tree. If you look at other winners, the likes of Ricky Fowler, the likes of Martin Keimer, Matt Kuchar, KJ Choi, these were t- players that had done well in major championships. I mean, in the case of Martin Keimer, he'd actually won one. But they'd been through quite a, a down period in their career. They hadn't won for a period of time. Now, Keimer hadn't won for 18 months before he won this in 2014. Ricky Fowler hadn't won since 2012 when he won this in 2015. So you've got players there that, you know, you, they were, you, could, you, you knew that they were class players. They'd done well in major championships, but they were actually going through a bit of a farrow period in their career. Uh, the same could be said for Matt Kuchar. So I've kind of shaped that into my selections this week. The kind, you know, it's either going to be someone that's red hot and so obvious, you know, Dustin Johnson, or it's going to be someone I think that's going to be slightly left field. That's that's kind of my view on it. It's, it's funny you should say that. I'm kind of steering away from the the lower odds guys this week and take and trying to take advantage of the extra places. Um, and with the hope that one of the long odds guys actually goes on and wins, but you know if if he gets a place, then I'm still going to get you know the the place odds that would have been the same as maybe a twenty to one guy or a sixteen to one guy. So that's kind of where I'm at this week, and just take a couple of long shots and see can we see, can, see will they pay off. Well, listen to this. Last year, you know, Jason Day twelve to one, and twelve to one actually looking back, that was quite juicy for Jason Day because he hadn't won for a couple of months. Um, he'd been winning tournaments at six and seven to one before that. But Kevin Chappell was second, a hundred to one. Ken Duke of all, Ken Duke, seven hundred and fifty to one, and he finished third. <laughs> Colt Nost was three hundred to one, and Justin Thomas was a hundred to one. Matt Kuchar was also in the top five at sixty-six to one. So yes, you know, a value call is not a bad shout. Ricky Fowler won this at sixty to one in twenty fifteen, and Martin Keimer was ninety to one in twenty fourteen. So a value play, I don't think, is a bad shot at all. So, what are your views on the market leader this week, Dustin Johnson, who's available at fifteen to two? As for Dustin, sorry, just the line went a bit cracky there. Um, what can you say? The guy has a few weeks off with a. Uh, you know, after hurting his back and you know comes back, eases back into the tournament and then just knocks in a couple of sixty sevens and but for a wonderful finish by Brian Harmon going birdie birdie and draining that almost thirty footer last night, uh, Dustin would have been in a playoff to win his fourth tournament in a row. So he's going to be there. It doesn't matter what course you put him on right now. He seems to be there or thereabouts, sniffing uh, for a trophy every week and. The way he's playing is very Tiger esque, and you know, Tiger at when he was doing his thing was going off at two and three to one. So thirteen to two could be considered value for Dustin Johnson the way he's playing at the moment. Do you reckon it's interesting? I'm wondering if he's got to the stage at the moment where he's actually intimidating the opposition. And when I say intimidating, I mean the likes of McElroy, Spieth, and the likes. Because you know, because he is playing such fantastic golf, it is absolutely. There's no doubt about it. And we discussed it, didn't we, Augusta? You know the Augusta podcast mm-hmm. when we when we were talking about the the how difficult it was to win four tournaments on the trot. It hardly ever been done before. And he virtually went and did it last night. 
It, like you said, it was a it was a you know one crazy putt from Brian Harmon kept him from a playoff. Yeah, and he didn't. He seemed very nonplussed about it as well. He's like, oh well, we'll just go out and win next week instead, and yeah. uh, off he goes. It's um, it's it's ap- he, it's absolutely amazing to watch what he's doing. He can he can free will through genuine PGA Tour, you know, kind of domestic stuff, and still finish second and third. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, and he's barely he's it looks like he's barely trying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that it, is the mark of a quality player. It's scary good stuff, and, I, and yeah, I think you're right about that. Like the guys might be getting a little bit, um, I don't know, not maybe intimidated, but motivated to up their game a level and really take him on and, and go out and beat him for yeah. once. Um, you know, he's really stamping his mark all over the tour at the moment, and. It might be the catalyst that gets Rory or Jordan like really fired up for a big performance. Yeah, I haven't gone for Dustin this week. I I think I, you know he could, of course, he could. It's difficult to see him not being a factor, but his record here is it's really quite naff. Um, and actually, if you look at Dustin Johnson in Florida, um, yeah, he's won at Doral. Um, but that's a very particular course, Doral. He's also finished second at Doral. But if you look at his form across the likes of PJ National, Bay Hill, and courses like that in Florida, and this course in particular, his record is pretty, pretty poor. So for me, I couldn't touch him at 15 to 2, best price. Um, I think there's a weakness there. Um, so I'm not going with Dustin this week. I'm also leaving Rory behind. Um, I think a lot of fans will, will like the 12 to 1 about him that's available at Ladbrokes and Coral at this particular point in time. But for me, I just think there's a rumour going around on Twitter that a, a big deal with Taylor Mage is just about to be um, released. Um, obviously, there's been the wedding. Um, and I just don't think he's played enough golf recently to really merit consideration for him to win this. It, whenever you read any transcripts with him or you you watch interviews, he doesn't like the golf course. He finds it very restrictive, very claustrophobic. Um, and it just doesn't play to his power game because most of the fairways, around about 300 yards, they really pinch in. They pinch in tight to, say, 16, 18 yards. And it just doesn't really benefit the likes of McElroy and Dustin Johnson with that pure power. I know Jason Day won around here last year by hitting a lot of two irons and a lot of three woods. See, there you go, Steve. I think that's a caddy issue and an ego issue by the big hitters like McElroy and Johnson. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. They have to adjust their game to what they're playing on, and you can't just go out there and bludgeon a golf course to death. You saw what Jason Day did. He thought his way around the course, and he won the players. So that's there's there's a lesson in there, and... um, that's something for the player and the caddy to strategize and get you know get their head screwed on about it and, and make you, it happen. You, you cannot hammer every single golf course, no. and and a lot of these players and you can see it. They try to do it, and I know that I said that Jason Day was number one in driving distance, but don't forget that's only on two of sixteen holes. Yeah, and he was two. That famous two iron of his is that travels two fifty uh, in the air, and. He was using a lot of three woods, and that is the strategy that's needed around here. So for me, Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy at the top of the market have got no interest for me. Um, I'll go into my first pick. It's quite apt. I've gone 
Jordan Spieth, 14 to 1 this week. I've gone two and a half points each way with Bet Fred, who are 14 to 1 on Jordan Spieth. I just get the feeling, and it's kind of linked into what you were saying a few seconds ago. I think that someone like Dustin playing the golf that he's playing at the moment, it either intimidates you or it inspires you. And for me, I think Spieth's the kind that actually raises himself to a challenge. Now, if you look at his recent history here, um, two missed cuts on the trot, but when he arrived here in 2014 as a kind of wet, wet behind the ear second year t- uh, PGA Tour player, he um, he was leading after uh, two rounds and he was right in the mix right until the end. And I think the fact that a lot of these, you know, you have to drive the ball one way and approach the ball, uh, approach the green with a, a different shot shape with your second shot, it actually all plays to Jordan's strengths. He's been hitting a lot of greens this year. This Augusta monkey is off his back. I know that it'll all still be there next year. Oh, you know, you collapsed in the final round and what happened, Jordan? But I actually think that he can kind of not look back anymore. He's probably looking forward. And don't forget as well, he's got Colonial coming up, which he defends in his hometown of Dallas in a couple of weeks' time. And then after that, he's off to Erin Hills, which is a golf course that he's got a lot of experience off as an amateur at the the US Amateur Championship that was hosted there. He He will fancy his chances at both of those tournaments. And to win a US Open, you've got to be hitting lots of greens and playing some great golf. So I think Jordan's right on it right now. I really do. It was interesting. I think he was fourth or fifth with Ryan Palmer at that farce of a, a, a partner's thing the other day. But he played some really nice, you know, just freewheeling golf. So I'm 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 on I'm on Jordan Spieth this week at fourteen to one. Did you not like the Zurich Classic? What was wrong with the team event? Was it the betting angle thing? <sighs> I just I couldn't get excited with it. It's funny because. I landed Kevin Chappell at TP San Antonio, and I just could not. Um, it just didn't appeal to us. It didn't appeal to Paul either. You know the, st- the stat side of things and the predictor. We couldn't do any of that because it was a team thing. Mm-hmm. I think. I think moving forward, it's something we'll have to look to cover, um, and it will. It will establish itself. Um, I know a lot of people did go, get on Cameron Smith and Blix because they were kind of that sparky pair that might win it a hundred to one. So th- a lot of people landed that. Yeah, I think you need to start tracking like a bromance factor just on how good the guys get on oh. together, and that might yeah, that oh, might be yeah, a, a key sure. trend going into the team weeks. Absolutely. Um, I thought it was fun to watch. Um, very tricky from a betting point of view. I'll agree with that. Yeah. But um, you know, for a spectator side of things, it was a, a nice, fresh uh, thing to see. Uh, okay. Next up, Sergio. We've got Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, John Rahm, and Hideki Matsuama. That takes us out to 25 to 1. What do you reckon on those four? Uh, Jason Day hasn't shown much at all this year. Um, coming back to the place of victory last year might be the thing that actually sparks a season into life. Um, okay. Ricky's always going to have good memories coming back here. He's got a new girl in his life. Things seem pretty good, other uh, other than his wardrobe for the Kentucky Derby. But you know, we'll leave that to another podcast. Um, John Ram, John Ram just seems to be like Dustin Johnson version two point He's just playing great golf every week, and you keep expecting him to kind of go go cold at some stage, and he just doesn't. So. Um, and he's got a very mature head on his shoulders uh, for somebody who's, what, 22 years of age. Uh, I think he'll be smart enough to be able to pick his way around this place. And, um, yeah, definitely can see him inside the top ten and maybe challenging for the win come Sunday. 
Um, and Hideki is interesting. He's kind of been quiet for... Has he played the last few weeks? It feels like he hasn't. Uh, yeah, he played at the Zurich. I, th- I think they were, I don't know him and his partner. We might have been Akida. I think they were a 20-something or other. Oh, he did, yeah. Yeah, he did. So he's kind of kept the rust off his game. That's another thing I like. I don't like players that haven't played between Augusta and here. It's a long way. It's a long, it's way, a long it? gap. Yeah. It is a long gap. It's a long gap. So the, the last one to win it, you won't be surprised, with such a long gap. He could be the only one to have won it with such a long gap, was Tiger. Mm-hmm. And he he finished fourth at Augusta in 2013 and then came here and and won at 9-1. Yeah, I just don't know about Hideki. He just seems to have gone off that elite boil level that he had back before Christmas. Um, I don't know. Uh, I won't be backing him. So let's let's move on, I guess. So so that, that leads us to a Sergio. Yeah, who knows? Now, Sergio, we know he loves the golf course. Um, we know he was playing golf from the gods at Augusta. Um, we know that he's been having a bloody good time since Augusta. So he'll have that halo effect. We also know that if you do look at his wins in the past, you know, just look at his results CV. When he does win, he doesn't holiday, you know, he doesn't munch out and go off for a couple of months and not do any more contending performances. He, he, he keeps that momentum going, Sergio. He always has done. So I know for a start, I'm just looking at odds checker now. There's a sea of blue on Sergio. People couldn't. I don't think people could believe that the early prices are up to twenty to one on him, and they've taken a bit of that. But I shouldn't really shout, but I'm, I get excited about these. <laughs> if you do look, and this is this is, I put this down in the uh, I put this down in the preview. No player since this moved to May. Yeah has won the Masters and then gone on to triumph at TPC Sawgrass. That's since 2007 when they moved the tournament. So nobody has done that double. Yeah, but Sergio hadn't won a major until he won the Masters. So absolutely, records are there to be broken. And we were talking about Dustin Johnson and he's playing this kind of golf and, you know, he could be the one that just powers through and wins it. You don't know. You know, it could be Sergio. It could be that obvious. Could be. Typically, I've tipped him, but it could be that obvious. <laughs> oh, you'll literally regret that, Steve. Don't tempt fate. Okay. Mm. Um, yeah, it could be Sergio. Um, I don't know. He's surprised. He's, I, I said he wouldn't win the Masters, and then he went and did that. So um, I'm going to wish him a really enjoyable week of golf, and let's see what happens for him. I'm not going to call it either way. <laughs> Now I don't know what your selections are, but what's the lowest price in terms of your, one of the players that you've gone for this week? Uh, I've gone with a theme this week of outsiders. So I was starting at a, I got him at fifty to one was Paul Casey, and I see you have uh, tipped him as well in your preview. So some cr- bright, some bright minds and all that, Barry. Yeah, or, or fools flock together. One or the other, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, there's something I don't know. I'm just getting a feeling from Casey that there's a, a not just a win coming, and he's way overdue. But it's a, it's going to be something a little bit bigger than just a regular win, and that kind of seems to be lining up for here. Um, Stephen O'Connor, friend, um, 
who's very involved in the golf betting system Facebook group as well, was saying yeah. that uh, he was saying whatever case he was saying in the interview after his round last night, which I missed. Uh, he said, "Look, that's it. I'm on him for the uh, for the week as well." Um, so I've had Casey in mind for the last couple of weeks for this. Um, so I'm glad. I was very happy to get him at fifties. It's interesting, Paul Casey, um, and this is what we were saying. So, okay, so Dustin potentially wins, blows them away. Uh, Sergio potentially wins, just blasts them away. You can see either of those two conclusions. But if we're going down the other route and we are looking for this experienced player who's had a lot of a lot of course experience, has had some half decent results around TPC Sawgrass who has mixed it at the highest level, who has got major top fives, major top tens, and has been kind of unlucky, but hasn't quite you know, got over the finish line recently. Paul Casey is so perfect, isn't he? Mm. He's absolutely in that mould. He he's aggressive when he wants to be. He can hit the ball as far as he wants to. He eats par fives. He's decent on Tiff Eagle grass greens, Bermuda grass greens. And you look at his record, he's done very well at a lot of golf courses that feature pure Bermuda grass. Interestingly, and I, if you're looking for European Tour players to go well this week, I always look at the Abu Dhabi Golf Championship over on the European Tour. Because if you look at the likes of Henrik Stenson, you look at Tiger Woods, you look at Ricky Fowler, they've all done well, if not won, the Abu Dhabi Golf Championship, yeah? Martin Keimer, we, ha- we know how well he plays around Ga- uh, Abu Dhabi. He's won at TPC Sawgrass. So there's four players that have won at Abu Dhabi and won at the players. And then I look at Paul Casey's record and lo and behold, he won in Abu Dhabi in 2007 and 2009. I think 50 to 1 is a crazily good price. Crazily good price. It is. And the other thing, you know, the factor I was looking for this week is guys who can get a bit streaky with making birdies and making a lot of birdies. And he just seems to love it. When he gets into one of those zones of making birdies, he just seems unstoppable. It's like they're never going to end. So um, this could be the week that he's the simmering turns into a boiling pot and he, go, he goes and does it. So uh, I was. He hasn't won in the in United States since 2009, has he, at Houston? That, so that must that must motivate him. That must be a, a real sort of parrot on the shoulder. That and if you remember the end of last season, he, he was contending at the Tour Championship. He should have won potentially at the uh, Deutsche Bank in Boston. He go he goes straight to Crooked uh, Crooked Stick, the BMW Championship, and he was second in that. He was he was beaten by DJ. You know he mixes it at the very highest level. His record at Augusta the last three years is fantastic. You just think, come on, Paul, you've got to win a golf tournament. <laughs> yeah. And this, this could be the one. What, this could be the one. It could be, it could be. Right, let's move on from Casey. Who else do you have in your locker? Well, I'm not going as wild and wacky as you because I'm, I'm far more conservative and boring. But the other two I'm going for, I'm going for Justin Rose, who I think at 30 to 1 is a must back. And I'm also going for, this one's a little bit more left field because he hasn't had a decent finish at TPC Sawgrass, but then again, he's only played there twice. Uh, I think he was 30-something last year. But actually, I think he was he was second or third after the first round, and he was 11th or 12th after round two. But I've gone for Brooks Kopka, 
and Coker is 40 to 1 with Skybet, seven places each way, quarter the odds. So those are my two. Rose, I just think he's playing some really nice stuff at the moment. Um, he hasn't won in the States for two years. Um, he's been, he was fourth here a couple of years ago. He was 19th here last year. Um, plays Tiff Eagle Bermuda Grass really well. And do you know what? I don't think that this Augusta hangover is actually going to materialise for Justin because you read some interviews that he had in New Orleans. I th- he said, I'm going to look at it at the end of the year. Uh, and you look at his record, he's had near misses in the past, and sure enough, a win comes very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. So I can see I can see Rose going really well. I was surprised by thirty to one. Yeah. I don't I don't understand why Justin Rose is a bigger price than Hideki Matsuama here. No, don't that's get that a, that's all. a very confusing one. Just that is a very good price for the market though. It's uh, the rest of them are all twenty five to one and shorter. Oh, yeah. So he's eighteen to one with Stan James. Yeah. So you know, I'm virtually double the price with it. Uh, and I and Coca, again, another you look at his major championship record. This boy can mix it, um, and I just, I just really fancy him this week. If he can just ease off a little bit off the tee and don't go stupid, don't attack every hole. Yeah, I think, I think Coke has got a big chance this week. I really do. Yeah. So those, those are my four. I'm done after that. that those, those are my four players. Um, what about you? I have a couple of longer guys um, on my radar. So Tony Fino playing. L- very nice golf recently finished third a few weeks ago and he was available at a hundred to one i just missed him at 125 which is kind of annoying but you know whatever these things happen and the other one who played very well last week until a pretty shitty sunday was alexander Narin, who i got at 100 to one and i think that's ridiculous price for somebody in what just outside the top 10 of the world mm. He just started to show that he's getting his head around the PGA Tour last week, didn't he? Yep. So uh, I'm, I'm one bad round that'll, you know, he'll write that off. He'll learn from it, what he did wrong, and uh, he'll go again. Um, we saw how well he can play when he gets in a rich vein of form. You know, he won those four tournaments and was it nine events or thirteen events um, in a really short space of time. Anyway, so uh, when he's hot, he he hangs on to that for a while. So I think fig- I figured 100 to one with eight places. That's um, that's an absolute beautiful bet uh, who else there are a couple more out there like I've put very small each ways in them at uh, 125s is JB Holmes Florida boy uh, he is Florida boy isn't he yeah, he, uh, Kentucky but he lives in Orlando there yeah. we go yeah he play, plays pretty well out there and um, yeah. Emiliano Grillo um, oh, Emiliano yeah I'm, I always look at him I never I never I never never push but it's interesting with Grillo he Finished. Uh, he won the Web.com Tour Championship at Next Door Die Valley Golf Course, mm-hmm. which is part of that TPC Sawgrass Complex. So yeah, I can see that. And he, he popped up at Bay Hill a few month, uh, last a couple of months ago, didn't he? He was really good round there, and, and he just balked it in the final round. Yeah, it's the funny thing about Emiliano. I just I have no idea when to back him or when not to back him. But I just like the guy. He's just there's yeah. something about him. So this week I just went. You know what? at that price 125 to 1 he seems to have kind of a, a mentality for the big time so uh, that was a, a nice long price with 8 places available in Paddy Power so those are my bets for the week I couldn't do it because I focused on lower prices this week yeah. but if I was going for a, a few longer longer prices I think Russell Henley's a fantastic punter 80s Henley's got a lot of game loves Bermuda grass um, and I 
he, he again has won at that uh, Die Valley course next door, so he's one to watch. Perez is playing some great golf at the moment, 80-1. to 1. And I don't know how this is going to work, but Cameron Smith at 100-1. to 1. You know, fresh off a win, playing some really nice golf. He tends to do, I don't know, this sounds crazy. He just won a resort-style golf course. But actually, you know, he was fourth in the US Open. When it gets, gets tough and nitty-gritty, Cameron Smith's a fantastic player. So I, 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 don't think, I don't think Cameron Smith's a bad pun either. Not at all. And, okay. And, uh, I think we're just about done. I'm really looking forward. Can you tell? I'm really looking forward to this tournament this one. I don't know why. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be an absolute cracker. I really do. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I'm looking forward to seeing like the little thing, tweaks they've made to the course, and apparently it's very um, spectator friendly now. They have pulled out a whole load of trees, so it'd be be good to see how they've managed the interaction of the crowd with the with the, with the tournament and uh, how the new holes uh, or the redesigned holes are going to play out. Absolutely. Just for just for the listeners before we we close down. Um, we're going to be covering, um, I think we're going to be covering next few weeks, certainly Wentworth. We'll, we'll put an episode out for that. And then we're off to the US Open. We've got the Irish Open, the Scottish Open. There's a lot of good golf coming up, so it's a really exciting time of the year. The Open de France is another one in the mix. So there's going to be lots of podcasts coming out over the next few weeks. So uh, have a listen for us. Thank you very much for your time, Barry. As ever, really appreciate it. I'll speak to you again soon. Don't forget... Barry is available on the Twitter handle at a, a good talk. Is that? I always get it wrong. A, a, go on, you say a good talk golf. There you go. And I'm available. I, I should be able to remember this one at Bamford Golf. Don't forget as well the Betfred uh, Players Championship competition that we've got at GolfBettingSystem.co.uk. And of course, come and read my preview also at Golf Betting System. Thanks for listening. We will see you again very, very soon. Enjoy the Players' Championship.